I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Van Sturgeon. Van has spent years as a general contractor building apartment complexes, neighborhood subdivisions, single-family homes, and more. Now he goes around sharing a message that would have pet his... In today's episode, I talk with Van Sturgeon. Van has spent years as a general contractor building apartment complexes, neighborhood subdivisions, single-family homes, and more. Now he goes around sharing a message that would have put his previous self out of work. He's a strong advocate of investors being their own general contractors. This isn't a strategy you hear often, as most of the time it's advised to put the right professionals in place to do the work they have experience in. That can often still be the right solve, but Van believes that actually much of the time, investors are selling themselves short of what they're capable of and losing a lot of margin on their rehab projects in the process. Not everyone would agree with this approach, but I love how Van laid it out and shared his perspective on how this could be a legitimate strategy for investors who want to squeeze more profit out of their projects and learn valuable skill sets in the process. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now here's my conversation with Van. All right, guys. uh, Welcome. We have uh, Van Sturgeon with us today. Van, how are you, man? I'm very good, sir. Thank you very much for having me uh, on tonight. Uh, yeah, today. <laughs> yeah, today. I know you can, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to have you here, Van, and I'm happy to hear what you have to say. Excited for the insights that you have to share with my listeners for sure. Um, let's let's dig right in. Let's talk a little bit first, um, just about you, your experience, your journey, Van. Uh, how long have you been in real estate, uh, and what what first got you started? Well, I. I, uh, I I've got an interesting kind of story to tell in that uh, my parents are, are immigrants uh, to the to, to, to the country, and uh, I was born and raised in Chicago. I'm a product of the 60s, 70s uh, thing with the bell bottoms and stuff like that. Brandon, yeah. you're too young to remember those days. <laughs> Anyways, and, um, and so uh, we were living in a one-bedroom apartment, and my parents were doing everything that they can to save as much money as possible to be able to purchase their first home, you know, live out the American dream. And... As they're scurrying their money and you know saving, pinching pennies, stuff like that, uh, for some somehow they're able to f- to figure out that the building that we we're actually renting, the apartment that we we're renting, the building was up went up for sale, and they were able to put their their money together along with some help from family uh, to actually purchase this building, and so we all of a sudden became landlords um, and and took over this property. And everything was going kind of okay in the beginning. And then, uh, again, uh, what happened in that late 70s was pretty traumatic uh, in that we had uh, inflation rates at you know crazy amounts, interest rates on mortgages at 18 22%. The oil embargo, it was just a lot of malaise. The economies was really depressed. It really, it was just, it was palatable. It, mm-hmm. Like you could feel mm-hmm. it. It was just a miserable time. And then, um, so ultimately, uh, it, we ended up suffering the economy and the area neighborhood actually started to deteriorate. 
And our building, which used to be 100% occupied, turned into being only you know 50, 60% occupied. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a crazy, it was a very difficult time. And my parents had to do everything they could. We as a family had to do everything that we could to be able to survive. And that resort, we had to resort to doing all the work ourselves in, in this building. We couldn't hire out electricians and plumbers. And so that sort of gave me the background in, in real estate and in construction and renovation because I was sort of, sort of thrown into it, uh, into that. Um, I went off to university and uh, came back from school. My hope, my parents were, were hoping that I'd become a lawyer or a doctor. And, you know, like what most parents uh, want their kids to be, you know, with sure. a suit and tie. Sure. And um, it never, uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't like it. I really enjoyed uh, the renovation construction side. And uh, I broke the bad news to my parents that I wasn't going to go to law school. I, I got accepted a couple of schools and I said, I'm not going to do it. And uh, that's what then begrudgingly they, you know, what, what choice did they had to let me, they let me do what I wanted to do. And I, I went off and I started my own company. And that was uh, in the, that was in the late eighties, early nineties, when I got started in, in general contracting uh, in Chicago. And what are the, I was started slowly accumulating a client base. And what eventually ended up happening is I kept running into the same people, this, the, these real estate investors who would be purchasing properties, renovating them, selling them, flipping them, obviously. And then also someone would, 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 you know, would, would have create rentals and would have, a, have portfolios. And as from there, from that, as I was growing and building that business on one side, I started to dabble in the fix and flip. And then from the fix and flip to, a, to acquiring properties and putting them in a portfolio, and over the course of the last 30 years, I, I've accumulated over a thousand uh, uh, doors, uh, rental units, and that spans um, uh, Michigan, Ohio. Uh, I've got some in Canada, up in New Brunswick, and also in Florida as well. So that's where uh, that's what I've done in my life. So I own a number of successful businesses. Uh, they're integrated within the real estate industry and. I have property management and renovation, restoration work. I'm really big on commercial restoration where, you know, apartment buildings and condominiums, things of that nature we do work on. And uh, and uh, I've sort of divested myself right now and I'm in a semi-retirement stage. It took a lot out of me building this business. And I just wanted to, especially my family. And so I just wanted to sort of downshift a bit and I'm semi-retired. I got great people working. Uh, uh, my, my businesses are looking after my interests and, that's what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, that sounds, that sounds, I mean, there's a breadth of experience there. Um, I, I love hearing how what you're doing today was so informed by how you were raised and what your experience was in your family. And you guys were working on the building and um, you saw that and saw your passion and interest and went after that long term. So that's really interesting. Um, as you built, uh, as you built those businesses, what did you say that one of the, that one of those or that the primary, um, primary purpose of at least the, the main business was like general contracting? Did you own yes. a general contract? So were you doing the work? Were you swinging the hammer? Did you have people out there working for you? How'd, how'd that run? Well, Brandon, in the beginning, uh, I had I, I did everything that I could uh, to do the work myself, but mm-hmm. eventually you started, even in that situation, I, I'm not a licensed electrician. I'm not a licensed plumber. So okay. I would refer to those individuals to come and do the work on the whole on the whole job. Um, so that's, that's how the business took off. These other businesses sort of came, came about and that it just made sense. Once I acquired, 
you know, 60, 70 uh, units, doors in one particular location, it made sense for me to, instead of giving it to a property manager, because it was just wasn't conceivable for me to be able to look after all these properties and deal with the tenant issues and stuff like that, then I would, uh, I would, refer, I would defer to a property manager. But then once I got to a certain scale, uh, it, it didn't make any sense for me to continue to pay that. I just hired my I created a company and I hired my own property manager, which then because of my relationships with, with these real estate uh, investors and doing work for them, I would then solicit them and I, I started bringing business on. So it became a very uh, successful business uh, also. So those are the things. I never planned all this out. Um, I'm very thankful for everything that is uh, that I've been blessed with. Like I'm really have been blessed. And so these things just sort of materialize along the way. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you, um, as you uh, built those businesses and then sprung up a couple uh, others around, like you said, property management and things, it sounds like, as we were talking a little bit before this, that you started shifting towards, or at least uh, in parallel, you started um, uh, doing some speaking, doing some uh, sharing about your story and, and really uh, sharing the concept of being your own general contractor. I really want to dig into that, of, of working, um, at saving the money on, on hiring one, which is just interesting in that you built a business around being a general contractor. And then now you preach the message more of uh, you can do it yourself as an investor as you go in and uh, estimate. And, and uh, yeah. And so tell me a little bit about that. How did that come about? Now, isn't that a, isn't that interesting how ironic it is yeah. that I got started as a contractor and now I'm preaching to say that hey you don't need to use that joker right. you can do this right. work uh, yourself. Right. Well, the uh, all of, uh, over the last thirty years of of actively being involved in in, in the business, um, I I've always had people reach out to me. Hey, do you can you help me here with this particular thingamajig, like renovation wise? Hey, can you do you have an electrician that you can refer to me? Stuff like that. So I've always been helping people, and I, and I enjoy it. Um, when I when I downshifted and I got you know got into my semi retirement kind of stage in my life, I, I was um, I'm not a golfer. I'm not a guy who you know, whittles wood and turns it into a coffee table. I'm not that kind of guy. I, I got an A plus kind of personality, and Although at the same time, I wanted to sort of downshift in my life, but I, I needed to be active. So I was trying to figure out what's my why, my new why moving sure. forward in my life. And out of the blue, and it's, it's amazing how the universe and God you know, puts you at certain junctures uh, along the road to your life and introduces certain things and then things change. And I got this phone call out of the blue from a friend of ours. Uh, Saying, hey, I got the, I got this house, and I really, you know, family wants to renovate it. Can you can you help? And said, sure, I, I got nothing better to do. I'll come and I'll help you. So I helped them through the whole planning process and and um, and executed it. And it became, you know, they saved a lot of money. They're very happy. They said they sung my praises. Oh, thank you very much on all that good stuff. It made me feel good. It made me feel good to watch these people save a lot of money, but also at the same time empowered them. You could see that they had confidence. And so after that whole thing, then I, I reached out and I talked to a friend of mine who's a real estate investor uh, also, and also a coach. And he's like, yeah, you'd be surprised at how many people out there have this huge fear of taking on something like that and uh, need help. And then that's where I started this. Like, it, This is not something that I planned out. It just happened because it just happened. And I'm, I'm really experienced. There's, I've done everything that you can think of. I've done literally thousands of renovations from apartments to, 
commercial, residential, single family, you name it, I, I've done it. So I've got this wealth of experience. And so I'd like to share it. And I see often so many mistakes that are being made by new real estate investors who get in that I want to get out there. I want to be able to share my wisdom, teach them the steps and the secrets and the processes that I've been able to you know, gain. Like when I go through a, a rent or rehab of a property, it's second nature to me. It's like, it's nothing. I know exactly what to do. It, all the properties are unique, but also at the same time, they're the same. And so when you get into a system, you understand what the things you should be looking for, how to plan and how to execute it. Um, it it's really simple. And so you as a new, as a real estate investor, I think it's a skill set that you really need to have to be able to save money. Because at the end of the day, we're looking to save money. And then besides that, then it's a skill set that you're able to walk into a property and uh, you know that you're thinking of purchasing and be able to make a you know to be able to assess it and determine what the rough cost would be to do that renovation rehab to it, right? And then we touched on this earlier before we started this podcast is that this is an, a critical important component, a skill set that you need because right now this real estate market is crazy, wacky. It's wacky. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think in my 30 years I've seen it as wacky as it has been right now. And so in this circumstance, this situation, when a property does come up, you only got an hour or two and you got to nail it down. And if you're waiting for a property inspector or one of your friend contractors to come look at a property, the property has gone. Right. Right. So, yep. Well, that's, that's fascinating, uh, Van. I, I, so a lot of people, a lot of people talk about, I mean, in any, any, any uh, informed real estate investor will give advice to another that says you have to have some sort of skill set that when you walk into a property, you can know what, what kind of reno needs to be done, uh, a, a general idea of the cost. Um, if you have the time, maybe you can get a contractor to come in and give you some bids. But in general, you have to have that knowledge. But you're saying you want, you, you want people to go a step further, to have more depth of knowledge, to actually are you saying do the work yourself um, as an investor? Or are you just saying have the knowledge? When you say kind of the phrase of be your own general contractor, what does that entail? Dig into that a little bit for me. Is that hiring the right people, putting the right people in place? Is that swinging a hammer yourself? What does that entail? Okay. So Brandon, we have two choices as real estate investors uh, to, uh, to be able to, once we acquire property and all these properties are requiring usually are ugly ducklings. They're the ones that we need, they need work. So there's two choices. You can do it the DIY or you can hire the general contractor. Those typically are the two choices. Right. The DIY side is something that you can do, uh, but I highly recommend that you do not. I have, if you don't know what you're doing, I've literally walked into homes and properties where people have started that, started demoing and knocked out loan bearing walls, yeah. taking out things they shouldn't have, and yeah. have created more of a mess, more of a cost, just a disaster. Right. And that's why I recommend not doing it. Never mind. Don't watch those TV shows, Brandon, and the rest of you folks out there. You know, they're in 30 minutes, they got a show, you know, bang, bang, bang. And all of a sudden, the home that was ugly, you know, this, you know, all of a sudden, it's a beautiful property. It doesn't work like that. It, it's not that right. simple. Right. So uh, that's one option I don't recommend. The other option, of course, is a higher general contractor. And what does a general contractor do? They plan out the renovation, then they execute the renovation. Um, and obviously, there's a cost associated with that. And a contractor, and I speaking as a general contractor, if I were to give you, a, a, if I was going to say to you that this renovation costs $50,000, Brandon, I would, as a general contractor, my profit on it would be somewhere around thirty dollars to 35000 
and I would be charging you 50. So I would be making 15-ish thousand dollars on that over the course of the two, three months that I would be spending on your property. And what I'm suggesting is that the, there's a third way. And the third way is uh, to, to sort of push that contractor off to the side and assume that responsibility and where you can save that $15,000, keep it in your pocket, and you are going to execute the renovation. You're going to, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to. You're going to do a great job at it. You're going to save a lot of money. And on top of that, you're going to learn a skill set. You're going to learn how to be able to figure out. You, you got to sometimes got to get into the minutiae. You got to get into the weeds to figure out things and understand what the costs are. I'm never advocating, nor do I want anybody to start being a handyman, electrician, a painter. No, 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 no. I'm not that. I'm a general contractor and, and I'm a real estate investor. I don't do any of those things. There are qualified good people for every single one of these things that can't that do those types of things. Hire them and, and you don't do any of them. You just negotiate the price. You make sure you've identified the right contractors and, uh, and trace people and, and the way you go off to the races. And that's what I that's what I preach. Okay. Okay. So tell me how someone acquires that. I mean, that that would take specific knowledge, right? Like I can't, I wouldn't be able today just to say, great, here's this renovation. It's probably going to be about 40,000. I know all the right people that need to be put in place. I know the types of things that even need to get done, what the checklist even is to start checking off the boxes. How do I equip myself with that knowledge? How does someone become their own general contractor? What's the process? Great, great question. So a beginning, it starts with, um, Oftentimes, I find real estate investors, new ones or all old ones, will just go run to the general contractor and say, "Okay, I want to do a renovation," without any and let the and let the general contractor put together some type of pricing, some type of uh, scheme, and then says, "Here, here you go." And then you go to another guy or another girl or another person, and they produce something else, and then another one produces something else, and it's very difficult to be able to determine from those three or four or five. Who, which one is the uh, proper decision, like the proper choice to use in your particular project? Because they're not basing it on anything. It's just basing it on stuff that they see. And what I see is different from what you see. So it starts right from the get-go. It's not, it's, it's once you, once you listen to what I'm saying, and once you were able to put in the, the, the strategies and the systems, it, it comes very beautifully and it's very easy, but you just got to, you just gotta you gotta follow it, and I, and that's what I teach. So first of all, we, uh, first of all, we first we start with a goal. We have to identify what it is that we're looking to do with this property. So some properties are a rental, some properties are for to flip. Once we've identified what the property what we're gonna do with the property, we've got to determine what is it. What, what's the end game? Are we looking to make sixty thousand dollars on that flip? Are we looking to rent that uh, house or whatever for twelve hundred dollars a month? Once we've established that goal, everything filters off of that goal. Whatever work that we do in that property filters off that goal to get us to the end to, to get us to that goal. So once we've got established that, the next thing is we need to validate that goal. We need to go out in the marketplace and do the research associated with it to figure out what it is that we need to do on our property to get us to that point of renting it for twelve hundred dollars or to sell it for six to make a profit of sixty thousand dollars. Once you've been able to get that, the next step is okay, great, we got an idea of what's going on in the marketplace. And I can go elaborate further on how to do all these things, but the next step would be uh, would be the to to uh, figure out how much money we got in the kitty. Like, what's the what's what do we have money wise budget? And so it's money that we have in our account. There's uh, and I help people through this and figuring this out. There's lines of credit. There's hard money lenders that you can go out because these are short duration projects. 
Um, also, there's interesting stuff, like depending on the municipality and area you live in, there's opportunities that you can get um, uh, federal grants, state grants, municipal grants for certain things like replacing windows and uh, your, your, your furnace and things of that nature. So these are things that you got to explore and figure out. But once you have established that, then, you're, then you move on to the next phase. Um, and one of the next phases is you got to go around. Once you've got an idea of what you're looking to do, you got to go around the property and create a, a list. And that list is a needs and wants list. That's what I call it. Needs are things that you have to do no matter what, because they need to be done. So if there's a broken window and it's left letting a draft in and the rain in, that's a need. It should be replaced. If you've got a hole in the roof, you got to replace that. But a shaggy green carpet from the 1970s that's an overall decent condition doesn't necessarily fall in. It doesn't fall in the needs category. It falls in a want. Because you could sell the property, you could rent the property away with the with the way the carpet is. You might not get as much for the property, but nevertheless, you can still move forward. And so, these are the types of things that we sort of break down. Because it'd be it'd be nice if we include everything, including the kitchen sink, to be replaced. But you know, we have a budget, and so we got to follow the budget. So we got to identify the high impact items on that list to be able to raise or get us to the point where we reach our goal. Ultimately, at the end of the day, everything we do. Uh, is goal related. And that's the reason why I want people to visualize the goal, write the goal down and ever have everything go through that goal. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's funny, Van is like what, what you're saying, it, it's, it's not revolutionary in the sense that like, that feels pretty straightforward. Just do it yourself. I mean, that uh, there's, there's people that, that out there that do it, but if you teach yourself the knowledge to, um, to do it yourself, you're going to save the money, but uh, it's just not, you don't see it. You don't see people doing it. And I think it's because people are intimidated by, um, yeah, that they don't, their gaps in knowledge, there can really be consequences to if you don't have the right, the right knowledge and you do something right. And like you said before, make more of a mess for yourself than if you were just to, you know, put the right people in place, but there can be so much value to it too. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I did a little bit of this, um, not like not because I um, saw this was the best way forward or heard anybody like you kind of preaching this. It's just uh, what I, I just knew. I looked at the numbers and it's what made sense. The house I'm in right now, we bought with a 203k loan, and I needed to rehab it. Um, and we're gonna we're living in it for a year, uh, and then we're moving out. We're gonna try to do this three times and have three properties. And um, we we moved in, and I really I just reached out to the investor community and said, "Do I have it?" Because the bank requires that a general contractor like stamps that you know the work's been done, it's been done right. Um, but I didn't want to pay somebody the percentage that they, that was required by a general contractor. So I said, "Can somebody just?" Come in at the end, see that the work has been done right, and like provide a stamp. Um, and you know, I'll pay you some money. And like that's what somebody did. I I, I forget even what the amount was. It's a pretty small amount. And he said, sure. Like I'll I'll come in at the beginning and make sure that you know the work that needs to be. It's the right work that needs to be done. Um, and at the end to make sure and put my stamp on it that it's been done correctly. But I managed everything in between. Made sure people were in and out. I scheduled the work. I picked the material. Um, and we saved a lot of money that way. And it just make just makes sense to me. I mean, now I had I had the time. We only had one kid then. Um, you know, it's uh, but I what what I wrote down here is you were talking. One of my questions is I think one of the things that would intimidate people is time, right? Like you can allocate this to somebody and say, please just do it. Like I'll pay you the money. Um, you do it. You spend the time or you take the time doing it yourself. How do you balance that? I mean, there's pros and cons to spending more of your time doing it rather than paying somebody to do it for you. 
It's a question I get asked often, and I uh, the response is um, there is no pain. There's no gain without any pain. And ultimately, if you want to be a successful real estate investor, and if you want to save money and you want to make lots of money yeah, at this, you need to be able to dedicate the time and effort associated to get you to that, uh, to get you to where you want to go and uh, want to get to in your goal. Now, I don't, what you, I teach systems. I teach the way you should be approaching and conducting yourself and carrying out a relationship with every single tradesperson contractor. And by virtue of that, uh, you should be able to reduce significantly the, the the time that you need to appear or be on a job site. Um, nevertheless, you still have to be at the job site. Um, but I, I, I teach things that you can do to protect yourself and ensure that the property is moving forward in the right direction. It's amazing, Brandon, what we can accomplish now with technology. Back in the olden days where I come from, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have cameras and Zoom, boom, all this kind of stuff. And as a result, uh, those times, yeah, maybe you, you had to spend a little bit more time. But nowadays, I can talk to you, or you can be talking to me with on your phone, video chatting, whatever that thing's called, and walk around the property and be pointing out things. And I could be, and that's what I do with clients. That's what I do with people right now. I could be sitting in my home, and I could be talking to you as I am right now with people walking through their home, and they're asking me questions, and I give them my advice about what they should do, what they shouldn't do, and 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 it works out. But back to your point. Uh, it could be, uh, yes, there is time that, that folks need to be dedicated, but how much, the question I have is how much does that 15, like that scenario, brought sure, up, sure. how much is it going to take you to be able to save up $15,000 of your hard earned money uh, versus, versus spending it, giving it to a general contractor. Uh, yeah. That's again, and it's a skill set that you learn like uh, very, it's great. That's what you did. And mo- there's a lot of people who will, and congratulations to you who were able to get out of their comfort zone and be able to say, you want to, I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and I'm going to go out there and do this work. And, and, and you executed and you're successful. Good for you. But there are a lot of people who just can't get over that. Don't, you know, can't change their mindset. And I, I look at, I kin it to trying to grab a, a musical instrument and trying to learn how to play a piano or a guitar. Now you can anybody can grab an instrument and start strumming it, and then after a couple of years, figure out maybe a chord or two or a song. But you're going to make a hell of a lot of mistakes. Uh, versus hiring a, a coach, a music teacher, where they're going to walk you through the whole process and teach you how you know to play the instrument properly. And so, the the problem here in the real estate, what we're doing is that we're dealing with, with pennies. We're dealing with thousands of thousands of dollars, and so. If you make a mistake along the way, and then mistakes can happen either on a DIY side, or if you can happen with a general contractor, there's mm-hmm. lots of you know mm-hmm. general contractors say it like now uh, I say it that there's a lot of general contractors you know just run over to their local home improvement center, buy a hammer, all of a sudden they're a contractor, right, 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 and they're running around knocking on doors, they're bidding on projects, they're underbidding, they're grabbing work. They seem very nice and pleasant, but unfortunately, that doesn't. It's not written on their forehead that they are losers, that they mm-hmm. are scammers, and so they'll start the work thinking that they can accomplish it. And sometimes, guys, you know, genuinely think they can do it. I've been in many, many situations where the guy's working his tail off, he's sweating, he's put laying tile down, and at the end of the day, he just doesn't have the, the experience, the skill set to be able to do the job properly. And so, what did I end up doing? I had to pay him. Kicked them out of my, my 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 property, and I had to rip out all the tile, 
and right. start all over again. I had to find right. another tile guy to come in or do the work. So now I've wasted time and time is money, Brandon, because mm-hmm. we got to, you know, we're borrowing money. And then also I got to find now a tile setter, which is now any tile setter is going to walk in and say, oh, this is what's going on here. Like what's happening? How come this guy left, started a job and he left? And then the lastly, what about the cost associated with all those tiles he put down that I had to rip out? Who's going to pay me for that? So that's why when you make the decisions that uh, error in this, these decisions, they literally cost you thousands and thousands of dollars, like three or four times more than what the actual cost would have been if you hired the right person in the first place. And that happens in whether you hire directly an electrician and it happens whether you hire a general contractor. I Every single day, I hear horror stories from people out there that call me up that say, hey, I'm, midst of a, I'm in the midst of a, cost, uh, of a renovation. And all of a sudden, the general contractor took off. They grabbed a bunch of money and they took off. And I'm not saying that all general contractors are bad. Most of them are good. There's a lot of bad ones out there. And there's a lot of pain out there. So this family has just given their money, their hard-earned money, and they're being held hostage by a general contractor who says, hey, I need more money for this project to complete it. If you don't give me more money, I'm out of here. But I agreed. Wait, wait, I agreed. Like we agreed. We have a contract. Ah, that's okay. I don't care about the contract. I want. Mm-hmm. I need more money, or I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to continue working. And so family can't because that's all the money they have. The guy disappears, and all of a sudden you got a project that's half completed. Now what do they? What do they do? Yeah. So this is this is the it. it you got to you got to you got to do a lot of research. You got to figure things out, and that's one of the things that I'm here that I like to preach, and that's what I sure. teach people is to get them through that. Well, and one of the things I think that, um, you know, it's uh, there, are, like we were saying, there are pros and cons. You give your own time um, or you you hire somebody, spend a little more money and, and they spend their time. But one thing that, uh, you know, is just so invaluable about um, choosing the first option is, yeah, like you said, you teach that skill set yourself. I mean, I just did this one project and um, it was very limited, but, but I did do those things. And like, now when you move forward, you, you know, a little bit more, you know, it's some more about the price of the materials and, oh, that's how long it takes to replace the flooring. And, um, oh, that's what the different types of granite are. Oh, there's different types of granite. Like that all, that all sticks. And you do that over and over. And I think that that's really valuable in the long term to arm yourself with that. You're just all the more prepared to assess further work uh, in the future and to, yeah, do it again if you need to. So that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And and you should be, uh, I congratulate you again for doing that because a lot of people are not willing to do that. Again, oh, it's just going to take so much time. Oh, uh, and I don't want to get hurt. All these excuses, all these excuses, excuses. Sure, but sure. Uh, that would be, that's great what you did. But I don't recommend people doing that for the most part, unless you really are dedicated and really sure. willing to get into the weeds and make some mistakes along the way. And I'm sure you made your share of mistakes yeah. as well. Um but I, I, for people who don't have that time and inclination, they, I, they really do have two options. Either you hire a general contractor, as far as I'm concerned, uh, which is not a good move. And speaking again as a general contractor, right? Uh, versus you know managing, planning, and managing yourself. I strongly mm-hmm. recommend people doing that. Yeah, it makes it's a lot of money. When when would it be? Is there a situation, Van, in which it's not the right decision? And would you say, you know what, in this scenario, hire a GC to do the work? Uh, I, I, in the, I, like I do, I, I've built, uh, I've built, um, you know, 22 story buildings and I've, I've, it's, I've built subdivisions and, and then single family custom homes, all that kind of stuff. So it's hard for me 
it's hard for me to say that because I, 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 it's all second nature to me. But that yeah. being said, I, I don't see much in a way of anything prohibiting folks to go out there and handle the renovation as large as it may, as substantial as it may be. Uh, I, I think that uh, everything can be handled on your own. Hmm. Whether you hire an electrician to uh, replace electrical socket or replace the wiring, it's still an electrician. Whether it's a painter is going to paint one wall or paint the whole house, it's just it's a painter. Yeah. So all of these things properly executed are broken down into segments. So one of the things that I preach, and one of the things I don't find people doing, which is most really unfortunate, uh, uh, and probably one of the single most things uh, valuable things that I'm going to te- tell tell you and your listeners is that they should be creating a, a scope of work. It's a it's a document that's created where you've identified all the work associated with your property that you want, or the color of the paint, the appliances, the type of hardwood, the kitchen, this, that, do that, other. You take photographs, you do sketches, you do drawings. you got everything there. And then once you've got all of that, you break it out, you segment it. So whether the scope is small, whether it's large, where you go through the filtering process of each individual room area aspect of the house that you're renovating or property you're renovating, and you break it down on the electrical side, the painting side, the plumbing side, the HVAC, all of those types of things, and you and, and you list the things that you want accomplished with them, then you've got, uh, you created a scope of work. And then once you got that, then you send it out, you tender it out to each individual discipline that's associated with that. And then they give you a number. The beautiful thing about this, Brandon, is that they're pri- the prices you're going to get, it's all co- you can compare apples to apples. Instead of me picking up the phone and calling up the general contractor, one guy, the other guy, the other guy, with no plan whatsoever, they come into your property. Oh, yeah, it's going to cost $60,000. Oh, yeah, it's going to cost $30,000. Oh, yeah, it costs $80,000. And you don't know, like, oh, that guy with the $30,000, I'm going to use that guy. But then actually, you should have used maybe the $60,000 guy because he's giving you a better bang for your buck. He's addressing exactly what it is you're looking for. So I, I, to answer your question, I hopefully I've done, I, I did, is that there is nothing really in the home that you couldn't tackle on your own because you break it down. You break it down to the, to the elements. Yeah, sure. And and yeah, so and to be clear, I mean, this is real estate for the rest of us. It's approachable. It's supposed to be approachable content that I'm after that, um, you know, really explains it and breaks it down. And 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 when you're saying, um, you know, be your own general contractor, I think people even have misconceptions about what that means to be a general contractor. That doesn't mean you've, you've said the point, but I want to reiterate that it doesn't mean you start going in and ripping out wiring and wiring up the the lights and fans yourself and um, rigging outlets. This means putting the right people in place who have the skill sets themselves to do the specialized work. Um, you're just managing that work, right? Right. But that's what general contractors do. Right. Like, again, right. I'm a general contractor. I don't, I, I obviously, uh, in my company, I have people who clean up. I have a handyman who does a little doodads here and there. But ultimately, the job of a general contractor is to plan and manage the renovation. Right. And he hires trades out. He hires the electrician, the plumber, the blah, all the all the different specific trades are associated with getting this project to completion. And he does what he does is he supervises, making sure that they show up on time, they execute the work properly and 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 quality. And and they and that's it. The job is done. Then they move on. So mm-hmm. that's all the general contractor does. 
there's a misconception, perhaps, uh, and maybe we should t- uh, that I will touch on is that general contractors somehow with their own people do the work, and that right. is not true. There is no general contractor out there that has on staff a painter, electrician, a plumber. No, it doesn't work like that. Each job is unique unto its own that they a general contractor gets, and they sub it out to these different trades that actually do the work. Yep. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, let's let's shift a little bit, Van. That was so fascinating. Let's shift a little bit um, to more a, ge- a general topic of I really like to ask each of my guests because, you know, everybody that I interview comes on with a specific set of knowledge and they've got that knowledge through years of um, of learning and of education. And it's just interesting to hear different perspectives of where people went and got that knowledge. What about for you, Van? What, what has been one of the most valuable ways that you've got the knowledge you needed to be successful in your, in the area that you've pressed into? I mean, what, what have you done? Is it seminars? Is it books? What's been one of the most valuable things to intake? That, that's a, that's a great question. And I'm going, I'm going to tell you what happened to me in my life. So back back in the 90s, early 90s, I, I started my general contracting and I started to dabble in uh, doing a flip house flip or two along the way. As my general contracting business became more and more successful as it increased, I was also doing more and more of these house flips. And it got to the point where I was burning the candle at both ends. And, and I remember I, I, I was in this particular flip that wasn't going well. And I, I was resorted to sleeping on the job site, doing, you know, doing the odds and ends, doing whatever I needed. Actually, to do actually to sleeping it. on the job site. Yes, sir. Wow, yes, sir. Wow. I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that on many occasions. So, Crazy. Uh, and uh, so I'm sleeping on this particular job site, and in the middle of the night, I, I wake up to this freshly painted ceiling. And I and all these things started rambling through my head about the electrician that screwed up that particular thing. The kitchen manufacturer was supposed to show up, and now all of a sudden told me he was going to show up three weeks ago. And I, I owe money on the property because I, I borrowed, uh, you know, a heavy, significant interest rate. And all these things came crashing onto me, and I, I couldn't go back to sleep. And then the next morning, uh, I looked at my life and I almost had like a nervous breakdown. I was like, I, I, yeah. I, I couldn't, I got, I couldn't take it anymore. Thankfully, in whole, uh, I, I, in that sphere of real estate investors that I was talking to and getting business from, there's one particular chap that I, I had, I've been introduced to, and he was the epitome of what I wanted in my life. He was, uh, he was successful. He had a beautiful portfolio of properties. He was, uh, it was thin. He was tanned. He had a vacation home in Florida. He was telling me like he had, he didn't have a care in the world. And this is the guy that I wanted to be like. And so I reached out to him and I said, Hey, uh, this is my situation. Can you help me? And thankfully he was, he was a coach. He charged me a lot of money at the time, but he was able to sit me down, walk through the whole processes of what it is that I was doing wrong and set in the systems and the process, set in everything, the systems to be able to get me to not be in the business, Brandon, but to work on, you know, to work on the business. Because I came from a background with my family being, you know, having to do everything myself. And right. I only knew the best. Right. Like I was the only one that can do it. And it had to be done perfectly. And, and I was a massive, massive microwave manager. On top of that, an A-plus kind of personality. I, I had to do it my way. And, and that was a mindset that I had to pull myself away from, which was very, very difficult. And I still struggle that, with that to this day. 
But I, I got away from that. And the only way I was able to get away from that was because of the, the tutelage, the coaching that I received. After that, uh, everything has been gangbusters. I've done very, very well. And along the way, I, I keep spending money. Like I, I, I must have over the course of my life have spent a $150,000, on, on you know, mentorship, coaching, books, seminars, uh, retreats. I, I'm, I'm still doing that. I still have people that I reach out to, that I pay, that are giving me you know, the help that I need in my life. And again, it's to that analogy that I brought up earlier about learning how to play a musical instrument, like a guitar. Like You can go try to figure out on your own, make lots of mistakes along the way. But if you hire somebody that can get you to from point A to point Z a lot quicker than you trying to fiddle it out and figure it out yourself. And this real estate market, especially now, is very, very, it's, it's, it's very choppy. And you got to be very careful because you can get stuck holding the bag. The musical, the music might end, and if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't purchase a property properly and do execute the work associated with it properly, you can really devastate. I've I've seen people get devastated and get knocked out for you know out of the game because of a wrong move that they made. So. Hopefully I've answered your question. No, That's you, what, that was the impact you, in my life. You did, Van. I, I hear that so much from guests of all the things that people say they've done that have been valuable to help their experience. It's surround themselves with the right people that, that manifests itself in different ways. Yeah. I hired a coach. Um, I just, I, I got into a mastermind of groups of people that um, pressed me. Uh, I just got involved in my local real estate association, surrounding yourself with the right people, it just feels so key. So that that resonates, I think, with a lot of people. Absolutely, like that. We have resources all around us. It's just a matter of people wanting to take this, uh, take the next step, put in the effort, get out of the comfort zone, join their local REIs, join their local meetup groups. Um, yeah, listen to podcasts like yourself. Lots of content out there. Lots of information. Now, the only thing is, is that the, some information that's out there, especially on the internet, is totally wrong and bogus. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, But at the same time, there are other resources that you can get a lot of information. And all these things didn't exist back in my day. You, folks are really lucky that they have access to this. So, yeah, um, yeah like I, I strongly encourage people, if they really want to get serious on this, to go out there and do that. Yeah. And that just goes back to surrounding yourself, I think, with the right people and hear what other people are intaking. Say, what podcasts are you listening to? What books are you reading? And hear from the horse's mouth what's been helpful. People can tell you what to stay away from and what to what to go and look for um, so that you're learning the right things. And you see it worked for them. Hopefully, you know, if I apply this, it can work for me too. Um so let's let's uh let, this is my last question here for you uh, Van if you could go back to you know that version of yourself way back when 30 years ago I, I forget what you had said and and when you'd first started and you could tell yourself something at that point that would save you the most trouble over the next few decades of your career what might that be say Van you sit, sit yourself down and say this is what you need to know to save yourself the most trouble well, I, I I think we've already touched on it. I think that um, I think the as ironic and uh, and counterintuitive as it may seem uh, and sound, I think that people should need to start. People need to start first in making that investment in themselves before yeah. they start making an investment in a property uh, or anything like that. I think the 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 uh, coaching is is incredibly important because. It isn't that you need money to purchase property. It isn't. Uh, it's it's a matter of you can get started in this real estate investing uh, with nothing, with zero dollars, as long as you know how to do it. And a coach, someone who's experienced in it, can teach you that. You can start with nothing, 
And what do I mean by that? It's like, I recommend if I were to be thrown somewhere, anywhere in North America without any money, what would I be doing? I would be first, I would, if I, if I was totally blank in terms of knowledge, I would hire a coach, but let's say if I had the knowledge that I had right, that I have right now, and I was thrown somewhere, what would I do? I would start by uh, getting as much content and information, learning of the area that I'm living in. And I would start uh, knocking on doors and I would start the wholesaling. Wholesaling uh, it does two things. It brings money to your table and also helps you learn the marketplace. And thirdly, and more importantly, introduces you to more and more people because you once you've been able to identify a property, in, and then you go and you, you meet up with your REI group and friends there and your meetup group and friends there. It's amazing all of a sudden how many people, if you're successful at acquiring properties and selling, you know, that are at great prices, it's amazing how many friends you'll have who will come and say, hey, let's talk. Let's become friends, even better friends. And all of a sudden, money is going to start to materialize out of nowhere because everybody's looking for, including myself, somebody that can give me properties that are deals. And then you start to say, hey, you know what? You got me that deal. We can start to partner up. Come over here. I don't want you to get away from me. I don't want you to go anywhere. Come here. Mm-hmm. Let's, mm-hmm. Let's, let's do business. So hopefully I've answered that question that, uh, properly. Like I, that, That's what I would do. Yeah. Spend yeah, money no. on yourself. For sure. I, I love that. Invest in yourself before you invest in a property. I think so many people do that the other way around. And um, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I know a saying just in business in general that um, businesses never figure, never, never find the money to do it right the first time, but they always seem to find the money to do it again. <laughs> and so it's a similar, right. similar thing here. It's like you don't have the time or the money or the inclination at some point to just learn it right um, before you start and press in. Uh, but somehow you find the time once you start and press in to go back and do it all over again and perhaps even uh, spend more time. It's a fine balance. And I, I, I touch on it a lot in this podcast. It feels like that it's a fine balance of move, take action, just start, just start moving forward, just get a property under your belt and make sure you're wise, make sure you have the information you need not to make a big mistake that can be so big and so devastating financially or just emotionally, motivationally that you don't ever start again. It just totally destroys your um, your your motivation to to do real estate at all. And so it's it's a fine balance. But I think just in general, I think I align exactly with you, Van. That um, that the right move is to invest in yourself. Maybe that, that doesn't mean five years of sitting around and um, just learning, 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 and not moving. But it just means, um, yeah, put put the right information in place, put the right team in place, the people around you, so that when you find that property and can start moving forward, you can do it in an educated way. Makes well, I, I I find that uh, I find that if you if you've identified the the, the great a great coach, that coach in itself is not only going to provide you with the systems and the processes and all that good stuff, but also at the same time is going to push you. It's yep. going to push yep. you to go find that first property. A good coach will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they should do that. And if you, they don't, then they're not a good coach. Yeah, so it should yeah. get you over that mindset, that hurdle that you have uh, of moving on and, and getting and acquiring your first property. So uh, it's really worth the investment. I, that's what I encourage people to do. For sure. Well, Ben, this has been super valuable. I mean, there's a lot of insights here that um, in perspective that I just, I hadn't really looked at it that way. And I think this is just really valuable. I know my listeners will find it the same. So thank you for taking the time today and walking us through that. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a great pleasure uh, talking to you. For sure. And and Van, if people can, if people really resonate with what you had to say, where can they find more about you? Where where can they learn about you or get in touch? 
Well, I, I, I've got a web, I have a website uh, full of content and information uh, from uh, podcasts that I've been on previously to articles that have been published on Yahoo News and LA Tribune and places like that, um, as well as there is a particular uh, renovation calculator that I put together. Uh, my team and I it took us several months to, to, to craft it. And what it essentially does is allows people to input the things that they want to, to renovate, rehab within their property. And they enter the specific details associated with the property, like the square footage, the, you know, how many stories it is. And, and it, it spits out a, a, a rehab reno budget. So it's really a, a nifty tool you know, kind of you know, on the fly, gives you a good sense of what the cost would be to replace the windows and whatever you want to do in that particular property. And it, all you got to do is just go on my website, uh, vansturgeon.com, and, uh, you know, enter your email and it'll download, uh, you know, they'll send you the, 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 the calculator. And if you really want to reach out to me, I'm, I'm available on social media and also through my website. So okay. if anybody's interested in learning more about me and what, I, what I'm offering, by all means, uh, they're more than welcome to reach out. Perfect. Vansturgeon.com. That's great. Well, again, Van, I really appreciate your time today. Um, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. All right. Take care. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.